Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to the DC Sports Brain Trust. I am your host and moderator, Varun, joined, as always, by three of my good friends and the best damn sports analysts around, Chris, Nick, and Rahul. Gentlemen, how are y'all doing? Oh, well, could be better. The Caps just lost. So. Are we more analyst or more friend? Uh, yeah, that's a good point. That's, that's up to your interpretation of how I say it every week. Um, but anyway, <laughs> the topic of this episode... Nats and Caps are back. Well, Nats were already back, but now we got the Caps along with it. But and the Wizards, hello, hello, and the Wizards. Wizards, ah, and the Wizards. Oh no, already screwing up from the beginning. That's okay. And the Mystics, and the Mystics, yeah. and the, the Mystics. Wizards, the Wizards and Mystics don't count. Whoa! Wow. <laughs> Basketball from Virginia. This man, this man just NBC. discounts. This man just discounts one of the four major sports. Anyway, the Mystics are doing pretty well. Yeah. Anyway, so let's start by talking about baseball. Um, at least the games that we got before of before we went on hiatus, thanks to a certain Florida-based team. Uh, the Nats went two and two against the Blue Jays. They were the away team, despite playing at home. But that was because the Blue Jays were not able to get to their uh, ballpark in Buffalo, their AAA ballpark, to play. So Nats played away. Um, for, they went. For- for two of the games, they were home, actually home for the first two. Okay. Thank you for correcting me. So, the Nats have went 2-2 two and two in the Blue Jays series. We're going to talk a little bit about the pitching real quick. So, we saw in the first loss of the series, Anibal gave up four solo home runs. That's just not fun to see. Uh, was this... Uh, watching the game, I, I unfortunately could not watch the game. I was out of town this past weekend, but uh, looking into the game, was Anibal, sh- was, was his confidence shaken? Was it just he wasn't getting his pitches right? What was the reason behind behind him giving up four solo home runs? I think he was still just maybe not 100%. He's still trying to work out some kinks. Uh, left four balls over the plate that shouldn't have been there. Um I don't know. It, it may be kind of like Scherzer's first game. Uh, his, his stuff didn't look bad per se, but it just didn't work on that particular day. So I'm not worried about it yet. Yeah, I mean, other than like there's four home runs, obviously. <laughs> he had like one, like four bad pitches. And then other than that, he pitched like fairly well. So I'm not, I'm not too concerned either. Um, hopefully he can work that out. The more concerning thing is their sticks weren't working. Um, they got to score more than one run either way. Like Anibal is probably not good enough to be able to hold a team to <laughs> under one run every game. So either way, like the bats had to show up for that one, and they just didn't. Yeah, I mean, makes sense. It's just, I mean, good, good. Like even like your most decent pitcher is going to suffer if you're not able to properly get the sticks going. Yeah. I mean, even Max Scherzer is not going to hold a team to <laughs> one yeah. run every single – like, not even – like, he's never going to hold <laughs> teams that consistently to one run. So, either nah. way, you got you to put up more than one. He'll say, fuck the DH. I'm going to get a home run on myself. And then he'll sure. homer, and that's how we'll win the game. Yeah. He'll hold the team to one run, and he'll just score two home runs by himself i hope so anyway but uh let's go into the second game real quick talk very quickly about uh austin voth uh 
even though it was a loss, unfortunately, again because the sticks weren't there, uh, he did look pretty good uh, in this in the five inning in the five innings he pitched. Um, again, I was not I was not able to watch the game, so y'all want to go into a little more detail in regards to his pitching. Both looked um, really good. Um, bullpen kind of screwed up a little bit. They gave up give up a couple runs, but both looked. He's had two pretty solid starts. Hopefully he continues this. Um, again, <laughs> got to score more than one run either way. And uh, the bats were pretty sleepy that game as well. So pretty much the same story for both the the home game, the actual home games against the Blue Jays. I think yeah. Will Harris played that game as well in relief. Yep. And it yeah. was bad. It was just well, like... Apparently he was actually injured. So Really? Maybe... I didn't hear about that. Yeah, they uh he's on the ten day deal now. Huh. Yeah. So maybe he should have never been pitching in the first place. I don't know. Yeah, I think... I'm not particularly happy with Will Harris after this game. No. Yeah, he's been he has not been doing well. Um maybe so hopefully can... after this ten day stint on the IL he'll uh he'll be back to his ways we saw him last season, especially in the postseason. I hope he's able to do some soul searching and find find the strike zone. Mentally. The more concerning one is our man Sean Doolittle. Yeah, he's also he's struggled that so game. rough. I thought yeah. he'd be in better shape, honestly. Like coming into the season, I was kind of yeah. shocked that he pitched that badly. Yeah, yeah. No, he is he has the second worst ERA on the team, or yeah. tied for so the second worst ERA. Apparently, with he's taken some days off and trying to like rework out the kinks in his. Uh, the motion and his delivery. So hopefully uh, that changes with this like solid kind of three day, four day break. Hopefully he'll get back into the Sean Doolittle we all know and love. Hopefully. But either way, uh, even though they did have two losses, our reigning, defending, world champion Washington Nationals, you know I got to do it, uh, <laughs> racked up two wins in the last two games in the series. Um Pretty pretty uh, handily. Uh, first game was a four and zero win. Second game was a six and four win. Um, Scherzer is back. Mad Max had ten strikeouts, um, which led to the four zero win. Uh, awesome to see. You freaking love to see Scherzer pitch as well as he did. Um, if y'all want to go into any more details about about that game, other than the fact that he threw ten Ks. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, as I kind of touched on in the first game, um, in that first game, his spin rate was pretty good, and his velo was pretty good. So I don't. I think the Yankees just kind of got the better of them. It being like one of the best teams in baseball hitting. I mean, yeah, so I was about to it's say it's hard like... to beat the Yankees, um, even like on your best day. And he wasn't quite at his best. He, it's it was still his first start too, and that's quite the tall task to have to pitch against the Yankees, obviously. So now that he's had two starts under his belt, he looked, like you said, fantastic uh, with uh, 7.1 innings. Um, so, yeah, he, lo- he looked pretty much great. Couldn't have asked for much better for a second start. Nick Rahul, anything to add? No, nah, not really. Like I was talking uh, in an earlier podcast, how Scherzer kind of looked pretty rusty. Um, just like going off a bad performance for the first bat, but this one just looked like the Scherzer that we all know. Um, I don't just... think he was even rusty the first game. I think he just kind of yeah. We were talking about that too. It's just like yeah, yeah he, everything looked good. It was just kind of like 
what can you do? Kind of like how Anibal played yeah. with the four homers. Like it looks good. It just <laughs> yeah. yeah happens happens. Um, and at least our bats got better. Uh, after those two losses, I think yeah, uh, I think uh, Davey gave a little, a little talking to us like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on? As a collective, like the uh, the two games, um, the bats were a lot better. Um, especially uh, Starlin Castro and Carter Keyboom. Uh, Carter Keyboom, I think, might be on the up and up. I have a lot more confidence in him. Just watching those uh, plate appearances and at bats he had in those two games, like he had, there was two plate appearances of fifteen pitch, like seven plus pitches a piece, so like fifteen at least in total. And I was really impressed with that. And then he got two hits on top of the two walks that he drew. So he was seeing a lot of pitches a lot more patient than he was last season which was one of the reasons why he struggled so much and i was so worried about him so him watching a lot of those pitches really makes me a lot more optimistic than i was at the beginning of the season with carter kibu i think uh with quote-unquote spring training to where we are now he probably has the best case for most improved player because when he started out in camp he was just like not like it was like pretty terrible stories coming out and like i have him like if i were to have uh national for a case case i'd have him solidly above victor robles for improved player well victor robles doesn't have a lot of room to improve. i was thinking like of his bat even though he has the most strikeouts i, I thought well, he had some strides uh back in the first few games for robles was pretty terrible last season Robles wasn't terrible last season. He was just kind of average, and we're hoping that he still takes a step forward. Obviously, yeah, I, I just but think he was more... downright terrible. And watching him both offensively with the bat and defensively, he he showed a lot of flashes during the two games. Which, again, that was one of his kind of yikes uh, moments of spring training was watching him and seeing him make a lot a solid amount of errors over at third. But he showed a. He showed up this week, and I really hope that they play him more. Personally. Yeah, you were talking about Kibum showing more patience this season. I actually think Robles mm-hmm. showed more patience because I remember like that playoff yeah. series against Cardinals. He was just like swinging at everything. Uh, yeah. he, this time he kind of really slowed it down. I was able to like observe and then hit, and that made it a lot better. Yeah, he is being more patient. Um, but the other point I would like to make <laughs> with those games is the absence of Juan Soto. Obviously, we kind of talked about it a little bit, but it was still there for those games. So hopefully now that he's finally back, he'll be back with the team, I'm assuming tomorrow, when uh, they face the Mets. Uh, hopefully, he'll uh, be back in that starting lineup and we'll actually get that stick in there. And hopefully, Howie's back as well, because he's been on the I.L. for the past couple games as well. Quick, I wanted to note that the the 4 nothing win... It wasn't quite the same, but it gave me a bit of vibes uh, with the Mets comeback win from a year ago where we scored six Mm -hmm. runs in the ninth inning. Mm -hmm. Uh, We went into the top of the 10th inning with no score at all. Uh, We get the bases loaded. Eaton drives in a run. Bases are still loaded. Cabrera goes up and ropes it right along the foul line, barely fair, and scores three more. Um, so just the, you know, to score the four runs in the 10th was pretty cool. Uh, Hudson and Rainey both looked awesome. So, uh, you know, a lot of things. Yeah, that's one of the the big story. Rainey has really impressed me along with Harper. They've both really impressed me so far. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
But speaking we'll of him a little more later, Cavi, I'll leave you the next part. He's off to a kind of a streaky start. Like he's had some pretty good yeah. games. I don't know. I I would rather him be on the bench. If I'm being honest, I'd rather see. <laughs> I'd rather see more more Carter Keyboom um, and Starlin Castro than Cabrera. I actually want to see less of Castro and more of Keyboom and Cabrera. Well, not more of Cabrera, but I'd rather have more of Cabrera. I don't know. I just like Starlin Castro is better than Cabrera. Like, Castro's got the better glove. He's been making some mistakes early in the season, but Castro's definitely better in the field than Cabrera is. Well, yeah. He's got the better bat as well. Cabrera's just had had a hard hot start. So, I like, there was a reason Cabrera was cut from the Rangers. Yeah. He's a do you, bat. Do you sit it. a hot bat? Like, I'm not saying He's that not he hot has anymore. a hot bat, but, like... Castro's got the hotter bat. That's true, he's coming off Cabrera, that three, three hit game. Also, Cabrera, Keyboom also has the hotter bat than Cabrera. So either way, like... <laughs> I was about to say, Castro... We, we are far from the sleepy bats that we had for the first two games, the Blue Jays series. We're yeah. actually hitting now. Oh, also, I want to bring up one thing real quick. So we've got three wins, and in two of those three wins, Tanner Rainey was the closer. So do you think he's actually setting himself up to be our closer this this season, or is that just circumstance? Uh, I mean, I, I feel like if he keeps pitching like this, we're still going to Hudson, just because Hudson is more mature um, and has been in those big games. I feel like turn, Hudson would have – I think it's Hudson's job to lose. Mm-hmm. I don't think you throw Rainey in there unless like you have to. Um, and if Doolittle continues to struggle like this, I think we see Rainey maybe take that eighth slot. Um, yeah, but if not, some confidence in him right now, though, because he has he is, yeah. games. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, either way, like having basically this third or fourth arm, depending on if you have confidence in Will Harris, having this other arm, this other option is a luxury we did not have last year. Um, so if we have a guy go through a rough, like a slump or a guy that like needs to take some breaks off, like do a little had to last year, we can throw Rainey in there, um, when we need him and I, still have the confidence to, uh, keep him there. Going a bit off script here, but do you think Ryan Harper has kind of had a lucky start or is he like actually pretty good? I don't know. It's like closers are so hard to predict from year to year that it's, I like I I'm cautiously optimistic that he continues this because normally closers if they have the stuff they have it pretty much the entire year, um, but who knows you, you can't like I I wish I could pre- predict that but I I, I can't predict that. <laughs> yeah. Then there's the Fetty Voth battle. Well, that's not going to be a battle. Fetty's in the bullpen. Okay. The only reason I mean Voth is going to be their fifth guy. The only reason Fetty's pitching right now is because Strasburg's injured. But Fetty's just better out of the pen. So. Going into the outfield, though, um, I I will get to that point, but let me first <laughs> You want to go ahead and bring y'all's favorite player? The entire I, mean, I mean, the undisputed goat of, of the Washington Nationals. God. The the guy with the highest slugging percentage on the team, my guy Michael A. Taylor, two home runs, tied for second most home runs in the Not league. Anymore. Yep, he 
played very well. No, he didn't. <laughs> he absolutely did. And uh, I hope to see more Michael A. Taylor. Uh, he, I hope to see more Michael A. Taylor moving forward. Uh, but two players I don't want to see on the field, Andrew Stevenson and Emilio Bonifacio. They are trash, man. Yeah. I will say about Stevenson, at least he has some speed. Uh, Bonifacio was... has speed as well. Yeah, I'm just quick. like remembering his mistakes more than Stevenson's mistakes. Stevenson, I just think of like a really cold bat. Well, the thing like is with well, the thing is with Bonifacio is that if he had gotten to third successfully, we would have been praising him. We would we would have won, I think, if he got to third. I mean, either way, like there was literally no reason to take third there. Yeah, it's one out, it was way too early. One I, out, you were about to have first and second. Maybe if there's not even. I, well, wait, no, I think it was actually zero outs. It was, it was zero it was, outs. It was zero he, was outs. Out. he was the first out. Yeah. So if it's one out, maybe you send it, because then you can get there on a sack fly. But with no outs, it's like, why take the chance? I still think he got... Big sticks coming up pretty soon. I still think he got told to go. Like, I don't think that's There's something no someone... There's that... no way in hell they tell him to go there. Not a chance. He, like, he saw the ball go in the dirt and decided to take off. Like, that was him. There's no Ugh. way he was told to steal third on that. Yeah, well, let's make mistakes still. Well, so, well, with Soto coming back, we'll get Stevenson out of there. And then Bonifacio can just kind of slide down. Well, Bonif- yeah, I mean, Bonifacio will be the utility guy. Like, yeah. if somebody needs a day off, maybe. But hopefully he's, he doesn't see the field much at this point. All right, well, why don't we talk real quick about the new extra inning and double header rules. Um, Chris, you want to go into them real quick? I mean, basically, now for this season only, um, the uh, extra innings, as soon as you get into extra innings, you, you throw a guy on second base, the last out of the previous inning, um, and you just get a guy on second free. So it's, it's made... Uh, Extra innings different, but almost more exciting because you see the scoring. And I think it's kind of interesting. I can't really tell if I like it or not yet. Maybe I like it more now because the Nationals won the <laughs> only extra inning game they've played. Um, but I think it adds an interesting twist for an otherwise uh, stressful season. Um, yeah, just that could be, really be an opportunity for down the road. Yeah, don't know. just don't make Bonifacio oh, the guy in second. Just start the end. <laughs> you really hate him. <laughs> He's quick. And, but they loaded up don't, the bases, so. Don't put Thames at second. <laughs> what are you, what are you no. talking about? Thames will clothesline all of the will clothesline <laughs> third base and, and the shortstop with his big, beefy arms on the way. Just plow the catcher. Yeah, that's illegal now. <laughs> Hasn't that always been illegal? Oh no! You oh, used to really? be able to you, you used to be able to truck stick the catcher. That was Whoa. like I think they you can look it up. Like there's some pretty brutal. Um, like, I didn't know that. I, I always the figured catcher. they got like penalized after the game. No, like, like, oh. like you could truck stick the catcher to make them drop the ball. That's <laughs> fucked. That's so yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, a lot of players got injured because of it. So they said. Mm. Let's stop that now. But I want <laughs> to make baseball a combat sport at the end. <laughs> but I want to see Thames truck catchers though. That would be yeah, so that entertaining. Would be pretty cool. That would have sent like. <laughs> could you, Can you imagine, imagine? <laughs> like truck sticking like 
Kurt Suzuki. Oh man, he's <laughs> getting like extra yoke before the season. He's like, oh man, oh, that yeah. poor catcher. Then that rule comes in. He's like, oh man. You know, all I'm saying <laughs> is, if I get into a bench clearing brawl, like if I'm like I don't know Trey Turner or if somebody or Starlight Castro, like our smaller guys, if I'm one of them, I'm just chilling with Eric Thames because he could probably take out two or three guys. <laughs> A bench clearing brawl. I'm definitely walking slower than Eric Thames to whoever he's running yeah. after. <laughs> They're gonna walk behind him and be like, "Yeah, I'm your support. You got this. You got this, dude." Like, kind of be like his personal cheerleader squad. And yeah. And then Bona Foster comes in with the slide tackle. Anyway, uh, they take out Thames. But he takes out like everybody <laughs> instead of just the guy he's going for. He takes out like six players because he overslid the guy he's trying to take out, exactly. including some of his teammates. Yeah, he's a loose cannon. And then, the, and then the umpire calls him out, even though they're doing a brawl. <laughs> Poor dude is probably listening to this podcast. Like, why do these guys hate me? Yes, I'm he's sure amazing. Emilio Bonifacio is listening to us. Oh, right you now. know it. Uh, all right. Uh, all right. Either way, one of the one of the things I wanted to I want to quickly bring up uh, to wrap up our baseball talk is uh, something that we haven't seen, which is that the NAS starting rotation and bullpen are among the best in baseball after seven games. The starting rotation we've seen among the best, the bullpen not so much, and it is incredibly interesting to see the fact that guys like Rin Harper, Huddy, Tanner Rainey, they have propelled the Nats bullpen to one of the best in baseball, and. Truth be told, you love to see it, but honestly, it isn't a feeling that I haven't. It's a feeling I haven't experienced before, and I'm glad I'm experiencing it now. Well, yeah, I mean, it's like I said, I touched on a little bit earlier. Like, it's a nice luxury um, that we didn't have last season. But like you mentioned, um, Harper, Huddy, and Rainey, but also like Finnegan is uh, Finnegan too, yeah. Do pretty well. Freeman's doing pretty well. Bork has been doing pretty well. So even like the guys you don't expect to do well have been pitching well and the guy um, you and the guy you do expect to do well is not doing well and in, in sean doolittle yeah and of and course Harry 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 Harry. is still sucking but um yeah. other than that like across the board other than doolittle i think he'll work out of that kink because I, I just think he will will harris is kind of a question mark he's the worrisome one for me um and then javi where i have no confidence in at all i'm kind of surprised he's still never have <laughs> But, um, I mean, he might get cut if uh, when they bring down the rosters or are sent down. But um, these other guys have been pleasant surprises that I'm cautiously opt- optimistic about. So if we're trending this way, Ross really doesn't have a spot coming back, does he? Uh, I mean, he's not going to come back this season, so it doesn't matter either way. Oh, not this season, but after. Like, if we're still... I mean, if, that's this hard is... to say. Like, yeah. Yeah, like, that's way down the road. I'm not, I'm not thinking about the 2021 season yet. <laughs> Uh, but, right. Yeah, I mean, it's been nice, nice uh, change of pace compared to last season when we had that monstrosity of a bullpen at the beginning with Rosenthal and Bearclaw. Oh, jeez. Those are those were dark days. Yes, dark days. Indeed. But things are looking up for the Nats. I mean, they are three and four, but they did win two the last two games. So hopefully they continue to go strong against the Mets tomorrow. Yeah, these are no team to scoff at either. Nope. Like, they're a pretty solid team themselves. Nope. And before we ended off, uh, Chris, uh, we were talking about, and I'm sure you guys watched that Mookie Betts play where he threw it all the way. We were talking about like, would it be cool to see a split screen kind of view for a baseball broadcast where you're watching both Mookie Betts and the runner? Yeah. 
<laughs> all right, that, that ends that, it all, I guess. Thanks, well, guys. All right, moving we, on to hockey. No, can we? Well, I have Mookie Betts in fantasy. Currently, he's day to day. I don't know if he's playing today, but probably fine. He's probably just fine. taking a day or two yeah, off. I know, yeah. but I still want to cry because he's my he's my best player on my team. Uh, <laughs> either way, all right, all right. Let's get off the dime and move on to the ice hockey playoff. Oh God, here we go again <laughs> with the the Varun puns. That wasn't that wasn't even that bad. I know, uh, I know. All right, playoff playoff hockey's here. Uh, Caps versus Lightning. Unfortunately, they fell to the Lightning, three two loss. Um. In a, in a for, yeah, in an overtime shootout loss. loss. Yeah, yep. I mean, it was a shootout, but unfortunately, they were on the wrong side of it. I mean, it's okay. It's Robin Games. It's round Robin Games determining the top four seeds in the Eastern Conference. Uh, Caps can yeah. Caps can easily bounce back from this. Uh, one loss isn't going to hurt them too much. Um, but the interesting thing that the the one thing that is kind of interesting, or rather one could question is that John Carlson is currently out with a mysterious injury after he fell on the ice. What, it's weird. I couldn't what, find anything about the injury. Yeah. What, like, I was yeah, what, yeah. What do we make he of just this? Kind of, so we, the injury kind of like, he kind of slid into the boards awkwardly. Like it, it seemed like it was a precautionary. Um, let's let him sit for the day, which I'm okay with because honestly, like, I would rather him a hundred percent. I would rather him be at a hundred ten percent when the games that actually like really matter start. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm perfectly okay with them sitting him, and it seems like all things is it's precautionary. So I don't know. Rahul thoughts? Yeah, no, I felt like it's okay to have him out. I just thought like it was just weird. I couldn't find anything about the injury. Like I thought they would at least say like, you know, like bruised hip or like, you know, kind of feel sore. There was nothing. It was just like, I mean, it happened. And I'm like, okay, I guess that's a hockey thing. You don't have that in the other sports. Yeah. Well, they, they had this quote unquote unfit to play um, designation for, for players that like, they're just going to sit like whether they, they could have COVID or they could potentially have COVID things like that. Um, yeah. So that this happened. is a thing that they're only using for like this bubble thing. So mm-hmm. I yeah. think the league as a whole is trying to like allow teams to let their players sit without like having to worry about their being able to play. So I think they're actually thinking about the player's safety, which Unlike another sport that we know of, is not worrying about that. <laughs> MOE. <clears throat> also, NFL. As we'll see you know, shortly. Yeah, NFL as well. <laughs> we'll talk about, <laughs> yeah. we'll talk about we'll that, talk about that later. later. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, well, let's. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, well, Nick, we haven't heard from you, buddy. Let's let's get your thoughts on this. Well, yeah, I'm kind of in agreement with the other two. This is round robin so you know it's not the losses are not killing you right now but um you know now that now that you've got your first loss in the book here and you've got two games left and this is going to result in seeding for the top four teams in the eastern conference i'm curious to see if they're gonna maybe push him to play in the second game on thursday now, luckily, it's Thursday, so you've got three days to recover. So hopefully, it's not that major of a thing where they need to sit him for the second game. My hope is that he's back Thursday. 
I don't know. Like, I think that if they want to give him that extra time, I don't think the seedings really matter that much, especially because we don't know how hot any of these teams that are about to come in are going to be. Um, especially with the, the Penguins, who are the number five team, already falling to the Canadians in the first game, um, who are the number 12 team. Huh? It's definitely a toss-up. Yeah, so, like, this if we were playing home field, I would be like, yeah, let's let's try and get a top seed. But I would rather have all of our players 110% healthy when the important games start to happen than force a guy back into a game that he's like 90%, 95% ready for. I think if he's 90 to 95%, I think that's good enough. But if we're talking, you know... If we're talking lower than that, where he has to gut it out, then it's obviously not worth it. But I think if he's pretty much a full go and could play without ramifications down the road, then then my hope is that he's good for Thursday. But you know, it, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of with you. I think um, I think if he's ninety to ninety five percent, I think I don't think I would hesitate to put him in there. But um, but I'm but I'm like mostly with you. I think that obviously if if this is a this is not a scenario where you're trying to kill yourself, yeah. Play. This isn't yeah. um this isn't like playoff playoff hockey. This is just playoff hockey. I, I uh, honestly that- I think the only reason that these four teams are even like playing is so they can like actually play some games that kind of matter and they can not be rusty like the other teams. Otherwise, I think these four teams would have been most likely okay with just taking the seedings that were at the end of last season, just saying, Hey, this is a buy for us, but I mean, they got to play some and all these other teams are going to be playing. So I think that's really the only reason why these four teams are playing. And yeah. not having uh, John Carlson sucked, but what really yeah. sucked was Vrana going one-on-one with Vasilevsky. And uh, in the third, I was like, no, I was like yeah. watching that. It was like slow motion. I was so sad. As he whole, he felt it afterwards. He was like, "Fuck." Yeah, I mean, as a whole, that game, um, the first period was not good. They didn't really create any opportunities, and 15 minutes of the second period wasn't good. Uh, Ponick finally pushed one across the goal on that ricochet goal. Um, from Eller and Gudis as the assists. Uh, and they finally kind of like resurged. And after that, you know, Kuznetsov scored his goal from Backstrom and Orlov in a similar kind of ricochet fashion. And uh, so the last five minutes of that second period and the third period, honestly, was also, they, they looked a lot more like the Caps we know. And unfortunately, like they just lost the shootout. Uh, I'd love to see uh, Kuznetsov catch fire here. Similar yeah. to the two years ago, man, we would love to have that. Yeah, I mean, he that I don't – watching the shootout, I don't know what he was thinking with his. Like, no, that was weird. kind of didn't shoot. <laughs> and I don't really blame Holpe for losing that because the Lightning have some guys that can score. <laughs> like Kucherov's pretty tough to, to stop. <laughs> So I, I think just you, you got to score two of three against the Lightning if you have any chance, any 
hope of winning a shootout, and, and they didn't do that, obviously. I get uh, having uh, Oshi and Guzi out uh, for the shootouts, but do we normally have Backstrom out for shootouts? Yeah, I don't know why they had Backstrom over Ovi there, especially when it was a do-or-die. Like, maybe if they didn't have to get that last goal, you send uh, you send Backy out there and have Ovi in the fourth round. But, I mean, I don't, I don't really understand why... Yeah, that was kind of weird to me. I was just like, I expected Ovi, and he was like talking to the yeah. ref before the guys, like, "Oh shit, it's gonna be Ovi time," and then just back he shows up. Yeah, I mean, I don't know the exact rules of it of whether or not they have to say like who's going to take the shot beforehand. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, they do. Um, they do. So that might be why uh, Ovi didn't shoot, and they were planning on hopefully tying in the the top the the round of three, but obviously they didn't. And you know, whatever. But again, the. Uh, these qualifier round robins, I don't think, really matter that much. So, whatever. Like, we're going to have to face one of these teams that are playing in the qualifier rounds either way. Yep. And I think the uh, whoever it is is just going to be a toss-up. I, th- I think that uh, kind of going outside of the uh, cap specifically, but just in general, the NHL is doing a good job with uh, the bubble. I think they're really trying to handle uh, the current circumstances well, um, with along with alongside the NBA, and that just trying to contain players and making sure they don't try to do things that endanger others. Um, I will say though, cutting away to virtual fans, not not the greatest thing in the world. But I mean, what well, can you do? Actually, I think you know, it's pretty cool. Actually, like they yeah. show the fans on their computer. Yeah like watching the game. I think that's kind of neat. In a yeah, previous and, uh, game, I don't remember which, but they cut out to the wrong fans. Yeah. <laughs> was, they were all dejected and shit because I think that was a game-winning goal was, too. All right. No, it was the Flyers versus the Bruins the other day. Yeah. And the Bruins yeah. had just scored. The Flyers ended up winning that game. But the but the Bruins had just scored and they cut to all the Flyers. Flyers looking and they're just looking depressed. Yeah, they were looking pretty angry. They were up two one at that point when they like well two to zero when they scored, making it two one. Um, but so they were <laughs> none too pleased, so that they cut away from them. Catch us. I think they should do that on the regular. Catch catch us on the uh, catch us on the Caps virtual fan screen with the DC Sports <laughs> Brain Trust T shirt on. Always got to promote. <laughs> the NBA is also doing a similar thing, but they're keeping them on the screens, which I think is uh, weirder. Yeah, I mean, virtual fans in general, like, I can see, like, the benefit of it and given the current circumstances, but just, you know, yeah. I, I think it, I think it's just going to be something that you have to adjust to uh, until, mm-hmm. you know, when, until it's safe for fans to come back in uh, again. So at this point, just, you know, try and do something, I guess. Yeah, yeah. something, something, yeah. something, I mean, it's also- something to increase fan engagement and something to, at least have fans feel like that there's some sort of semblance of activity beyond just the game going on there. I mean, it's also easier for um, obviously NHL who just has like under like six or five goals a game. 
versus the NBA who are scoring every single yeah, as a, a lot more, obviously. So, like, I think with baseball, football, hockey, like, you can kind of do the cutaway to fans. But with basketball, when you're scoring constantly, it's a lot harder to cut away to fans. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I feel like for basketball, if you were to cut away, it's only be it's only due to, like, last minute or last second, like, yeah. shots. Like, if hypothetically... Or, like, huge, like, momentum-changing yeah. shots. That, like the coach has to call a timeout pretty much um so i think the only way they can is by keeping them up there the whole time but i think that's all that kind of weird. Yeah, well we're not but even weirder is those stupid cutouts <laughs> that some of the teams are doing i honestly don't mind the cutouts i kind of like the cutouts i, I, think I like the so ones of the dogs. oh yeah no the ones of the dogs are my favorite i love that <laughs> oh. although the funny thing is seeing like <laughs> them get hit by like a foul ball oh yeah don't aren't they aren't and like parts of them falling off <laughs> oh geez i think i think i think team some teams are doing like deals with that um if you if if you get if your cutout gets hit with like a foul ball you get like season tickets or something for like a future season or some something like that i think i wouldn't think season tickets but maybe like a five game oh game. yeah oh okay that, that, that's a pretty cool okay idea, yeah probably yeah, yeah okay probably not season but like i know for a fact yeah. like <laughs> i know for a fact they're taking advantage of like certain certain stadiums or certain ballparks i, mm-hmm. I think the red Sox are doing something with that um yeah i'm sure well the red Sox definitely would not do season tickets because those are okay yeah probably not season tickets but like but like free tickets to like a game or a couple games yeah like a like a five game yeah yeah I, I can see that if the ball takes off your stand stand in's head then you get season tickets <laughs> just to pour through and well, look awful and if and you know, my dad brought this up of like having them kind of like if you've gone to like target ranges like maybe you've seen like in the military or things like that where you shoot it and like they fall over. <laughs> yep. so like you hit it and like your thing falls over for the rest of the game and then it'll go back up for the next game or whatever it'd be really pretty funny so like the rest of the game like just this one seat nobody's there <laughs> i be funny if like uh one of the players is hanging out with the stand-ins like trying to blend in with the crowd <laughs> they're like trying to pan and find out it's like and up to bed is trey Tur- where is trey turner and he well, just like looked throughout the crowd <laughs> Some of the players like like jokingly like try to pump up the crowd, which is kind of funny. But yeah, personally, I would love it if if in baseball you're if if you if your cutout manages to stop a ball, you get a signing bonus and an invite to spring training. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, overall hockey's hockey's off to a good start. Um, the bubble's working. Uh, Caps, they did take a loss, but you know uh, there's plenty of room, plenty of time to bounce back. Um, and yeah, not really two games left. Yeah. Nick, then, so what do you think of the overall virtual experience? Do you like it? Uh, I don't mind the look of the arena. It kind of reminds me of the stadium series. Cause you don't usually see fans in the stadium series. Um, you know, I mean, there are fans there, but, um, uh, you know, it, it doesn't, it doesn't look weird or anything. I don't have an issue with it. Yeah, I mean, I don't have an issue. But you but. do have an issue with football, specifically the Washington football team, which we're about to talk about. Ooh, Ooh nice, nice segue. Yeah, that's pretty good. Props. Uh, all right, so moving into football, uh, Alex Smith is back. He is cleared for non-contact, but probably not going to play the season to – I'm going to guess one person. I'm going to say there's definitely one person that like sought out hope that Alex Smith was going to play. 
and now their dreams are just crushed. <laughs> yeah, that one person was Bruce Allen. <laughs> that one person's like wearing full like Redskins gear, just like will never back down. He's like, he's our one hope. Hell, um, <laughs> and, um if anyone can get come back and return to the team, it's Alex. Well, I mean, we were talking about that uh, radio host that was talking about, it's like, if Alex is fully healthy, I don't see a reason why he shouldn't be playing over Haskins right now. Are you now. talking about Larry Michael? No, I'm talking about Tom Lavero. Oh, Tom Lavero. Yeah, well, Larry Michael sucks the same amount of dick that Bruce Allen sucked while he was here. Both yeah, they both had terrible league. football opinions. We, we're we're going to get strongly worded letters from our older listeners. Um, anyway, <laughs> going, going down... Uh, it, it is not going to be a, a sports season without players opting out for COVID reasons. Completely understandable. And we are seeing that with our first Washington football team player, Josh Harvey Clemens. He's an inside linebacker. He has opted out for COVID reasons. Um, he's the first player on the Washington football team to do so. Uh, Nick, Rahul, do you all expect, like, how many more players do you, do you expect maybe, like, only a couple more players? Do you expect, like, a good wave of players opting out? Like, what are your expectations there? So I think, like, that was about it um, for opt-outs. If they're going to opt-out, they'd have opted out by now. I'm kind of surprised that it kind of, like, similar with Ross, that he opted out because his job was on the wire um, for, like, showing up as an inside linebacker because we, we just drafted one, and we've had a, we've ha- had a few uh, in the wings that are going to take his job. So it's just kind of odd that he decided to opt out of this season altogether. I mean, I guess like if you don't feel comfortable playing, like you don't feel comfortable playing. Yeah, and it's and it's yeah. way and that just means I'm sure he's thought about it even more because I'm sure he knows his job's on the line. Yeah, he definitely does know his job's on the line. It's just like kind of like your dreams about to close on you because, yeah. yeah, I don't know if I could do it personally, like give up on my dream, but uh, well, yeah, some people don't feel comfortable about it and. That's their choice to make, obviously, and I'm not gonna. I don't think anybody should or can get angry at them for that. That's true, and I think coaches, especially, should make that point to their players yeah. and just be like, "Hey, if you're gonna opt out, did. we're not gonna hold. We're not gonna hold it against you, and it's not gonna be something bad uh, that your team like. We can't do. You don't have to do it on the behalf of your teammates to stay yeah. in. Just like take care of yourself, take care of your family." And hopefully, hopefully we can ride this through. I feel hopefully all of these organizations are sending a similar message to their team because that would be really shitty if they don't kind of have that sentiment around the. You team underestimate the like, shittiness hey, of a know. football owner. Yeah, I think Belichick even like considering then, how many players like, opted out. There's being a shitty owner, and then there's just being an yeah. Total ass. Well, well. Trust me, Snyder's a total ass. But Dan <laughs> Snyder, if you remember, he set up FedEx to be a COVID testing set, yeah. uh, station. So, like doesn't initially, <laughs> doesn't and matter. He's earned too much goodwill among Snyder, any existing fans. Snyder and said, "You need to start putting yourself in the headlines for good reasons because you're a complete cocksucker." But also, FedEx was a failure as a COVID testing station. They had to close it down. Yep. All right, moving on. Uh, yeah, but anyway, just want to spill out a conspiracy theory rule. Apparently, uh, Bill Belichick is having his best players opt out, so that way they can tank and get Trevor Lawrence next year. That's the ongoing. Well, why would you sign? Why would you waste money and sign Cam Newton? Why not just start that useless uh, Auburn dude? Jared Stidham? I keep on forgetting. 
Yeah, him. Uh, well, they've got two Auburn dudes now. Yeah, I mean, but one's much more useless than the other. I don't other. know, bro. Maybe, maybe he drafts Trevor Lawrence next year, has him build up under Cam, and then when Cam retires, Trevor Lawrence takes over. Who knows? Cam's on a one year, isn't he? Oh yeah, he is on. I think he is on a one year. I mean, they might extend him if he does well. Who knows? But anyway, we are not the New England Patriots sports brain trust. We are the Washington sports brain trust. So let's talk about the football team signing Dontrell Inman, a former wide receiver for the Chargers. Uh, Rahul, why don't you go into a, why don't you go into his stats real quick? Tell us, tell. There's nothing. There's not really that much to talk about Inman. Um, he used to actually like be kind of hyped up when he was drafted. Uh, and I remember some draft reports about him, but he really hasn't panned out, has had a ton of injuries, and now he's like 30. Like, he's really meant to be a depth option, and hopefully he can guide some young wide receiver, but I'm not holding out hope for him. Yeah, I was about to say 30 is old for a wide receiver, unless you're Larry Fitzgerald, in which case you're immortal. Um, (laughs) You hit your prime. Yeah, exactly. start off your yeah. prime for like the next few years yeah Larry, yeah yeah fitz's fitz's best season is still ahead of him um all right anyway go let's just talk real quickly about uh some of the other uh options on the team uh darius guys and bryce love uh two of our running backs have been cleared by team doctors um but the question is a, a question that arises is will bryce love uh develop from being let's say like a chris thompson-esque slot back type role and become more of a workhorse back so obviously Adrian Peterson is who he is, but I think Bryce Love is the most important running back we have on this roster. I think he is probably a high second-round pick if he doesn't tear his ACL in college. Um, he's got the he's got the skill set to be a workhorse back out of the backfield and in three-down situations. And is he? Is he a tank or a, you know, is he more, what am I trying to say? Is he built like a tank? No, but I think he's capable of being a three down back and producing at the highest level. Um, that's something that we were really holding out hope that Geis could do, but Geis has had these injury issues and I'm just not convinced even if he's healthy now that he's going to be healthy by the time the season starts. So I think Bryce Love is going to be a very important piece of this of this team. He 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 plays a very very big role in in the running back room this year. What's his injury history compared to Darius guys? Uh, They're both Bryce pretty Love, bad. Well, Bryce Love he came out of college with a torn ACL. It hadn't fully healed his rookie year, um, so he did not play at all last year. But he's supposedly fully healthy now. Hopefully, but Bryce Love had an injury for his last uh, hit at uh, Stanford. That kind of ended the season on injury too. So, yeah, that's the same injury that that he had as a rookie with the Redskins. He never he never recovered. Yeah, it, until it, now. Yeah, he had a longer recovery. I mean, so, I mean, like you you yeah, hope one, one knee injury in comparison. Geis has had three knee injuries in the last two years. Jeez. That is yeah. It's like Geis has shown that he can't be relied upon, but Bryce Love is just like he has an injury fraught history. But like maybe because he hasn't shown anything yet in the NFL, like maybe you can. It's that kind of question you have going into with both of them. I kind of want to throw some cold water on Nick's uh, point there about being the best. It's just like Bryce Love 
Um, he's really coast, not coasted, I should say, but he's really benefited from being the fastest one on the field. You have to wonder after all of those injuries that he sustained, that he can keep up that speed in the NFL where everyone's a lot faster than the PAC 12, uh, quarterbacks and linebackers that they have. And with that, I think also Geis is just kind of a more natural running back in terms of what he's able to see and what he's able to run through. He has a lot, I would say quite a bit more patience than, um, love as a running back before hitting the open field even shiftiness i'd say goes to geist but uh overall speed of course goes to bryce love. yeah but you need to have a doctor alongside geist every time he runs so, so probably the same thing with love like these are this is kind of a weird situation to go into when you're still relying on an old old running back to be your healthiest guy i mean it's not just any old running back it's adrian peterson yeah, and we do have that draft pick, uh, Antonio Gibson, but he's going to split time at wide receiver as well. So I never, I don't, I don't think per se that Bryce Love is the best running back that we have, but I think he's going to be the most important. As in, I think he will eventually be the starting running back of the team. I think he's in the best position to do it, just because I don't have faith in Geis and Peterson. You know, he's he's been all reliable for the last couple of years. But he's obviously not performing at the same level that he has, you know, since his time with the Vikings. And he's not performing at a level that a starting running back would need to to be on a good team and to be their starter. So I'm looking for somebody to take that next step up as our starting running back. And I think Bryce Love will be in the best position to do it. Yeah, I think it's just kind of wistful because as a Washington sports franchise, uh, it's we've gone through running backs like candy. We draft one every year. We hope that they can shoulder the load. We, you know, Marshall, uh, Rob Kelly, P. Ryan, oh. like the list goes on and on. Matt Jones, actually, Matt he, Jones. he's got some interest to play in the NFL again. Some teams are reaching out. Uh, who knows? But like we've gone through a lot of heartbreak at that position. And We've that position is short-lived to begin every, with. Every position. Yeah, but that especially. Like, we've we've really not found an answer. We've found an answer for a short bit with Cousins at QB, but not running back. Bring, uh, we, had a, we had a couple good years with Alfred Morris. But bring back Alfred Morris. We wore him down. Gruden we definitely him. wore him down. Gruden ruined him. Yeah. All right, well. Okay, we'll moving talk, on. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, to wrap up football, why don't, we talk, why don't you talk about the wide receivers real quick? Yeah, there's not much to talk about. They're all on pins and needles. Emmanuel Hall, Torres, Achilles, in typical Red or Washington sports fashion. Cody <laughs> <What was laughs> Latimer is on the exact for something explicit that we won't really mention because we've already mentioned in the past. Why don't you all just Google and Cody just Latimer's find... name and find out why what, what, why he's on the commissioner's exempt list? <laughs> right, and then we talked about Dontrell Inman. Trey Quinn sucks. I don't even know. We we can't cut him because we don't have any options. And then we have Kidzy, Sims, and Isaiah Wright. Um, Cam Sims and Darvin Kidzy, of course. Isaiah Wright's a new guy, hoping he's able to transition, but I think he's kind of like the backup option to Antonio Gibson because he's kind of that hybrid running back wide receiver that uh, Scott Turner seems to like. So I think he'll make the squad and probably make it at uh, the Z position. Oh, look at that. Breaking news. Redskins sign uh, Christian McCaffrey. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, (laughs) It's racist. Canceled. In that, Brahal, uh, uh, you mentioning the wide receivers. Also, don't forget that Kelvin Harmon 
who was supposed to be probably our number two wide receiver this year, tore his ACL. He's That's out. correct. I forgot to um, mention that. So at one point here, we could have thought, you know, no wide receiver depth, but we have a pretty decent faith in our three starters and the hope that maybe Antonio Gibson gets some time as a hybrid. So, you know, assuming health, we could have hoped that our wide receiver core was not a weak link just because of the starters. But, now, you know, now we're cutting into our starters. Harmon's out. Um, you know, I don't know about Ant- Antonio Gandy-Golden, but he's in line to, to get that, that that starter spot alongside Terry. Oh, I've already so, chalked him in as a starter. Yeah. Like, so, for now and forever, Gandy-Golden. So we're going to see what he's made of. But it's like kind of weird to see like all of these like falling pieces and just making do with what we got. And then you look at our neighbors across the border at the Ravens and see them draft a bunch of studs, a bunch of fast speed guys. And you're just like, well, the fastest guy we have, we're relying on to do everything on the team. Like Terry McLaurin. So it's just kind of like and even like Sims is like shifty, but he's not fast as McLaurin is. So. Yeah, it's going to be brutal. (laughs) And Gandy Golden is definitely not a speedster. He's slow as molasses. He's basically like um, uh, the Stanford guy, our Sega Whiteside. I was thinking um, Bolden, actually. Yeah, Bolden's probably a better comparison. Yeah. Bolden is like his ceiling. If he really pans out, he could be Anquan Bolden, but that's still a tall order. Yep. Literally. That's not a bad ceiling to have either. He has had a great no. career. Excellent career. It's that's that's pretty much what he did at Liberty. So it's just a matter of can he do that? Uh, can he do that? You know, at the highest level. So, so Chris, do you want to <laughs> do you want to divulge what you're laughing at? <laughs> well, yeah, some of, yeah, no, some of the other Redskins no. pickups that we're going to talk about real quick. Uh, y'all may know him, Torque Lewis. You can't get Torque Lewis, X Wing at Aliciousness, Hingle McCringleberry, and Fudge. For those of you that don't, honestly, for the I, I only have a case to start over Trey Quinn. I don't get it. Uh, for uh, for those of you that you for, wait, Nick, have you never seen? No, Nick is uh, no, Nick school. has never seen anything popular. Um, you've never seen the Key and Teal uh, East versus West Bowl. All right, so wrapping up uh, football, the Washington football team. Uh, everyone needs a titanium ACL, basically, and. Uh, Hopefully, Darius Geis and Bryce Love can stay healthy and really be a dominant force in the backfield um, for the season, if it even happens. But either way, let's wrap wrap, wrap things up, talk very quickly about basketball, or rather uh, groan in agony over basketball, because watching the Wizards is pure agony, uh, mainly because there is no shooting power at all. Um, I mean, we yeah. got Hachimura... And like he's pretty yeah, much but our there's best no shot. like overall like there's no like not it's not like it's not like the Bucks or the Lakers where like everyone on the starting five can shoot. Well, I mean, one, I think it's kind of hard to compare the Wizards, who have, are barely a playoff team to begin with, to arguably the top two teams. Okay, fine. Should NBA. I have said like should I have said like the the, the no? I, I'm gonna say the Suns. I understand. Or something. What you- <laughs> I understand. Yeah, I mean, but we also are missing our two-star players who are, are kind of the shooters. Well, really, kind of. Maybe even the top three of our top four, I'd say. 
Yeah, um, I feel like we're just... Out. So, I think, like, I think we kind of talked about previously, I think this is kind of a, let's see what we got. Um, we're not expecting to win this. We don't really want to win this. Uh, as I'm like, as the GM, like I, I'm thinking, like I don't want to win this. We get a worse draft pick for it, so why really try like that much? Obviously, like we said previously, the players are going to, but it doesn't really matter. Yeah, other um, teams are basically using us as practice, and I think the draft yeah. position doesn't even matter that much if we win or lose because it's just bad. No, it's it just does. Gets... If I mean, if you if they get the eighth seed, you don't get a, a uh, think... you don't get the lottery. Yeah, but I think we have a very low chance at the eighth seed. Oh, I'd yeah. have to check and see, but like it's very like no, we it's extremely really low. At, yeah, it's pretty much impossible at this point. Yeah. But I mean, either way, like why, why go for it if it's that low to begin with? Let's just like I said, see what we got, see what we can play with. Um, give these guys some confidence without playing with John Wall or Bradley Beal, and maybe those guys do go down at another point. Like these guys now have played without them. Yeah. So I've been noticing that Hachimura has been drawing a lot of fouls uh, in these games. And like, I kind of want him to kind of lay off. Cause like, as you mentioned, like players are going to try hard, but like, I really don't want to see him get an injury uh, because yeah. of like reckless play in like meaningless games, basically, even though it really isn't meaningless. It's for us, for the wizards. It, it they are definitely a meaningless series. Um, yeah, that is, I mean, hopefully that's because he's young um, and he's feeling the burden of trying to carry a team to the playoffs that doesn't have Bradley Beal or John Wall. Um, so maybe that's what it is, but who who knows? But you're right. I don't want to see him getting injured in games that really don't matter. <laughs> yeah. But uh, talking about Hachimura, um, looking at this draft... I think the top three standouts, you'd have to name Hachimura as one of them, right? Uh, let me look. I feel like there's other ones that, that... What would you say, Nick? Well, I was doing some research, and DeAndre Hunter, the, the guy out of UVA that went to Atlanta, he actually had a pretty solid rookie year, too. So he might he might have had a year pretty similar to Rui. Um, so I'm not sure. Hmm. But I think Rui is easily top five. Um, yeah. Top three might be tough, but, you know, long term, could Rui end up being one of the top three picks from this draft easily? Kendrick Nunn is the other. He's on the heat. He had a he had a very good year. He seems to be the number three um, consensus. Or he is the number three consensus. He's the other guy on the ballot, so... All right, well, thank you guys for tuning into the DC Sports Brain Trust. My name is Varun. I've been your host and moderator, joined as always by Chris Dick and Rahul, the best damn sports analyst around. Um, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. We'll have the links to those uh, accounts in the description of the episode. Uh, continue supporting DC Sports. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Hope to see you next week.